Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Well, hi, Jill. We get to talk again this week. It's good to have you back. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I really enjoyed our previous talk. We talked about the unplanned journey versus a planned journey and just comparing that with the grief being an unplanned journey. If you didn't hear that last week, I highly recommend you go and listen to that one. And we talked about three important mile markers on the journey. So I want to remind the listeners that your son is Nathan and you lost him at two years old to meningitis. That just still blows my mind. You said he had an earache and within 24 hours he was gone and you buried him on Thanksgiving day. How did you make the choice to do that? It wasn't even planned to Mm. bury him on Thanksgiving. It was just when he died, the next day we went to the funeral home, made the arrangements and the next day we buried him and it just happened to fall on Thanksgiving. Wow. That was fast. Did that feel like that was too fast for you looking back? You know, it was such a whirlwind. You were Mm. in such a fog at that time that I never really thought about it to be Mm. truthful. Now, can I ask you, this was a while back. It was before cremation was as popular as it is today is he's buried, right? Yes, that yeah. is correct. So, I mean, he that's like within what, 48 hours or so your son is in the ground. That's just mind boggling to me. Wow. Wow. Talk about a whirlwind. Okay. So you have been on this journey for 23 years. Nathan would have literally just turned 25, correct? Yes, that's correct. So you have a lot of insight on the road signs that we're going to be talking about today that guide us in this journey. And just to also remind the listeners, I heard Jill teach this at a workshop this summer. She taught all of this in one workshop, but I wanted to divide it up into two different episodes. And so this week, we're going to talk about the road signs on the journey. Now you have come up with 18 of them. We're going to highlight just a few. And then at the end, we're going to share how you can get a list of all of these road signs, all 18 of them, as we wrap up our discussion. Before we get to the road signs, though, I want to talk about the road conditions. You liken those to grief triggers, don't you? Yes. So depending on when your child died, that can be a source of trigger for you. For example, if your child died in the winter, if you experience like uh, snowy roads mm-hmm. um, or rainy weather, that could be a trigger for you. Or even seasons also can be a trigger, yes. you know, different times of the year, whether it's spring, summer, fall, or depending the age of your child, school events, yes. you know, graduations and homecomings can also be a trigger as well. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, you can see a food in the grocery store your child used to love and that can be a trigger. I mean, it anything and everything, it's just amazing the triggers that can come our way and they can show up as worry, fear, anxiety. It just comes out in so many ways, doesn't it? It does for sure. One thing I want to offer that I learned is Whatever you do, pack Kleenex, have them in your (laughs) coat pockets, in your purse, 
because it never failed. When I went to the grocery store, I wouldn't even be thinking of Nathan. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden the tears would just come unexpectedly. And I'd have to go down the Kleenex aisle and buy a box of Kleenex because I didn't have any. (laughs) (laughs) Used to people munching on food and then, you know, having the cashier pay for it or, you know, pay for it when you have it, but not a box of tissue. So, (laughs) yes. Yeah. So I've done that several times. (laughs) Yeah, I've learned to travel and go everywhere with tissues for sure. So let's just go ahead and move into the road signs and starting with a couple of them that we don't see very often on the road, but they are important ones for sure. Let's talk about the fog area first. Sure. So the fog area reminds me of being newly bereaved. Mm -hmm. So that one I would offer to that group of bereaved parents or anybody who's grieving, really. And I would just say that it's the time when you find it very difficult to concentrate. You have a difficult time doing simple tasks, mm-hmm. things that you never even thought about doing. And now all of a sudden, you, mm-hmm. you're having to stop and think, how do I do that? Yeah. You become forgetful. You may put your milk in the cupboard and your cereal mm-hmm. in the refrigerator. I've done that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but over time, that fog lifts. So we just need to be patient with our our grief journey that will dissipate after a while. Yeah, I I remember those beginning couple years and the forgetfulness was scary. I wondered if I was like had an early onset of Alzheimer's or something. You know, you talk about people that you forget where you park your car when you go shopping and everybody. Oh, yeah, ha ha ha. We all do that. But this is different. This is like, I don't even remember which door I went in, much less remembering where I parked my car. I don't even know which door to go out to even start looking for my car. There's just no information to even pull something from. So for me, like parking uh, the stores, I I always park in the same area. (laughs) It's like, I know it's going to be on the right side when I walk out somewhere in those first couple of miles. I don't care how far I have to walk down, but my car is going to be there. And I still tend to do that. I mean, I'm 10 years into this. And like you said, we don't know when those grief triggers are going to hit. And it just, everything just goes out of your brain all over again. I mean, this grief fog, do you still get times like that when those triggers hit the seasons? Definitely. I definitely for me in the beginning, I I'll never forget I drove. So we lived a half hour out of town. And I drove all the way to town. And by the time I got there, I could not remember where I was going. Mm -hmm. I literally Mm -hmm. drove past the store that I was supposed to go to. Mm -hmm. And at one point, I turned around and went back home because I could not remember when I got home. And I was like, Oh, groceries, I was going to get the groceries, I had to turn around and drive another half hour back into town. Yep. I remember a specific time. I can tell you right where I pulled over on the road. It was like I was driving and all of a sudden I couldn't remember where I was supposed to be going. And I had to pull the car over because it was like, I, I mean, and I'm crying because it's like, I, I don't know where I was going. I don't know where I'm going. So, and eventually, yeah, I don't know if I pulled up my calendar or something and, and it told me, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's real. That grief fog is real and it's frustrating and it can be scary. Yes, very. I even got to where there were times when I could not even remember my friends' names or their last names. Mm -hmm. And for the life of me, it's like, how do I not know this? I've known them for 20 years. Mm -hmm. So 
it's so it's normal. It's debilitating at times. It is, is, but it's normal. So how about the road may flood sign? That's another one we don't see very often, but boy, it's an important one, isn't it? Yes. So the road may flood um, reminded me of how grief is unexpected. And at times you could be flooded with emotions, mm-hmm. especially when you least expect it, right? Kind of like we were talking about yeah. being at a grocery store. At times you may feel flooded with emotions and the tears won't stop. Mm-hmm. You may want to sleep all the time. You may not be able to sleep at all. Or a combination of the two, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Or you can even become angry or easily frustrated with others and lash out just because you're experiencing a profound sadness and grief. Mm-hmm. This is actually common. And over time, these emotions will lessen. They won't be as intense. Right. And oh, just overwhelming. Yeah. So what about the warning sign of curves ahead? Now, we see a lot of those in our travels in the homemobile. It's not one of our <laughs> favorites when we're 58 foot long pulling the car. But I guess we'd rather know what's coming than to be surprised by it and have to hit the brakes, right? So uh, what that's... about this uh, warning sign of all the curves ahead. Yes, that's so true. Um, So with grief, it's not a straight line. And at times, you know, the curves may be longer than others, right? So that grief journey takes longer. And especially during the holidays, right? It seems like it lasts longer than you want it to last. It's full of unexpected and windy curves. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they last longer. They have a tendency to slow down our uh, grieving process at times. So we just need to learn how to ride out those curves until that road straightens back out again. Yeah. And it does. The road always straightens back out again. If you keep going, it it will straighten back out again. So on the road and in our grief, that kind of reminds me, you know, to just keep going of the one way sign. There's only one way to get to the other side of our darkness. And that's to accept the fact that our child has died and to work through the pain And that's one of the hardest things we'll ever do, isn't it? It is definitely the hardest thing you'll ever endure. What about the do not enter sign? That's kind of like the one-way sign, do not enter. We see that a lot. It is. I would say that's actually one of the most critical signs that we really need to pay attention to on our grief journey. Because to me, it's that warning that we are going down the wrong road. Mm -hmm. For example, we may replay negative thoughts repeatedly over and over in our mind, kind of like I was talking about earlier with the what ifs, right? Mm -hmm. You want to avoid going down that road of those thoughts. So for me, I had to train myself when those thoughts would come to think of something that I was grateful for. And that is what took me out of that negative space, you know, headspace. Yeah, because you can really spiral down if you let those negative thoughts just take root and keep, keep your mind there, can't they? Yes. Yes. I mean, and we're, especially at the beginning, it seems like we're just filled with negative thoughts, just filled with negative thoughts. And, and I think that's part of what just keeps us sucked under. And so to do whatever you can do to come up with even one, you know, well, like you said, three good thoughts kind of to outweigh the one bad thought. Right. Um, And that can be hard to do at first and maybe even writing those down. Yes. So if you forget them, you can go back and look and remind yourself of some good, thankful thoughts, things that uh, that can pull you back up a little bit. And journaling can help you with that as well. Mm-hmm. Some people are writers. I would highly recommend doing journaling because writing those things you're grateful for 
sometimes it's great to go back and see all the things yeah. you were able to, you know, those little glimmers of hope that you had in your day. Yes. Okay. So I have one more that I want to talk about today. And we touched on it last week, and I said we were going to talk about it this week, and that is the work zone sign. Now, these signs are usually everywhere. You don't have to be going on a trip. You can be driving through town, and you're going to see work zone signs, it seems like. Can you go ahead and talk about that? Sure. So like you said, we all experience work zones, right? And I look at those as opportunities for us to work through our pain. So the brief parents of USA mm-hmm. conference that we attended, or if there's a, a Greek seminar you can go to, I highly recommend you attending those because there's so much great knowledge and wisdom out there that you mm-hmm. can learn from other briefed parents that will help you on your journey. Mm-hmm. I remember the first uh, conference we went to, it's just a different experience to be surrounded by hundreds of parents who mm-hmm. can relate to that pain. And they give you such great tools that you can take with you and um, that help you work Mm -hmm. through that grief. Yeah, I know the first conference I went to was called Umbrella Ministries, and it was uh, for moms. And I drove like four or five hours to go to it. I finally got to the point where it's like, I, I need this. I need to be around other people like this, like me. And But I thought it was going to be horrible to be around a bunch of other moms who are a mess like me. And instead, it was wonderful to be around a bunch of other moms who are a mess like me. It was actually so needed. And it took me probably, I think it was three years into it before I I got around to connecting with others. And I don't recommend waiting that long at all. I agree. I agree. I, you know, for us, I was inspired and I was encouraged by those parents because Mm -hmm. there was people who were further down the road than I was. And they were showing me that, you know, joy was possible again. I just had to stick with the long haul and work through that pain. Yeah. Yeah. And there we are. Work through it. Yes. yes, (laughs) That's what we're talking about. The work zone. That's right. That's kind of the, uh, what you would consider like the demolition work, right? Facing our pain, breaking it down, learning how to work through it, that kind of, you know, getting rid of the negative behaviors that just keep us numb and angry and bitter and resentful and, uh, working towards, um, isolation is a big one, isn't it? We just isolate ourselves. We do. Yep. You often feel alone in your grief. And so we tend to build up walls. So part of that demolition work is tearing down those isolating walls that we built around ourselves Mm -hmm. and just be truthful and share our pain. And, you know, you actually help others when you share your pain because Mm -hmm. they realize they're not alone and that, you know, other people are experiencing the same pain that they are. So, Mm -hmm. yep. Yep. And it does. It makes you feel not so alone. So then there's the rebuilding and the repaving of roads. I mean, this is all part of the work zone, part of the work. I know back in Wisconsin, there is, oh my goodness, a stretch of road that goes from the little town that we're in to the big town where all the shopping is, if you call 60,000 a big town. (laughs) But they have been working. It's an interstate 9039. The whole road getting in and off the interstate, it has been a mess for like two summers now. It's like, when are they ever going to be done with this? <laughs> and isn't that like our grief? I mean, it's, it's like, when is this ever going to be done? When is this whole repairing and working? And I mean, cause you do, you watch them rip up all the old stuff 
and then start putting in all the new stuff and repaving and all of that. So what is it like to uh, kind of repave and repair the roads in the work zone? So um, that is where we would join uh, support groups with parents or grandparents who can relate okay. to our specific loss. Um, it's where we that learn. Yeah. Yeah. It's where we learn from one another. And we, and one thing you want to pay attention to is things that didn't work with other people, mm. right? Some may say, as you mentioned, they turned alcohol or um, excess food and you realize you see the outcome of their grief journey, how that, you know, played mm-hmm. out and how it was not um, a good experience for them. So, you mm-hmm. know, okay, I, I need to be mindful of this and not drink or not eat excessively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think we've also talked about how we're all on our grief journey and what's going to work for one might not work for another but that's another good reason to get with other parents because you can, you can get ideas. Okay. So when like, we'll talk about this at the end of the podcast here, I'm going to ask you, but like heading into the holidays, how do you deal with that? And you can hear from other parents, what they've done in the past to help them deal with it. Some totally leave some, you know, whatever. And so you can hear all these ideas and figure out what works for you. So that's, that's a, I think another important reason uh, to connect with other parents. I know we keep talking about that, but I, I know you and I both feel like it's just one of the best things you can do is to connect with others because they will help you rebuild your life because they've had to rebuild their own life. Yes. So yes. they're going to help you rebuild your life. Yes, for sure. You know, some of those three parents that were in our support group are actually more like family to my husband mm-hmm. and I. Yes. Because we just know each other on such a deep level, right? Not many people know that pain and can relate to it. So Exactly. Well, at some point in that work zone, usually before we hit the work zone, we're probably going to see a merge sign. We all have to (laughs) merge into one lane. So can you talk to us about that and what that sign represents on our grief journey? Yeah. So, you know, um, we all grieve differently, right? Us and our spouses even, or our family members or children. Um, So it's important that we merge our grief with one another. And it can be difficult to do Mm -hmm. that and challenging at times, right? Because the emotions are all over the place for both of us. Mm -hmm. And it's just imperative to remember that you know, we each had a relationship with our child and that relationship we had is even different. Mm -hmm. So our grief is going to be different based on that relationship. So it's just um, important to be patient with your spouse or your family and just to offer grace to one another. And just remember that um, communication is the secret for the long Mm -hmm. haul, really. It's so vital to any relationship but I think even more so for the breed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, that's something you have to work at because you don't feel like communicating. <laughs> you just don't yes. want to climb up in a hole and stay there, stay in bed, so so covers up. I mean, it's not something we want to do, but in the long run, it's, it's very needed and it will be very helpful. I know something that really affected me deeply was Becca was the oldest of five and she was 29 and three of the four siblings were adults. And then we had a 16 year old at home. And when Becca died, 
my other daughter came to me several months into it and told me because of the way she saw me grieving Becca's death and just being so dysfunctional and, you know, all that comes with it. She told me that she thought I thought the wrong daughter had died. And I, it just, it was like, I didn't know how she could possibly think that. I mean, I've taken this daughter on mission trips. She's gone, you know, on all kinds of trips. I mean, to Africa with me. I mean, just, we've had so many good memories together and for her to interpret my grief, I was very glad she communicated that to me. (laughs) It was devastating. But then I also found out that that's very common. That is very common for a sibling to believe that, and they may not vocalize that. So I think that kind of goes with the communication piece that, you know, if you do have other siblings, uh, other children, yeah, they're dealing with this grief too. And so often the emphasis is put on the parents and the kids are forgotten about. It's like, well, be good for your mom because she's really hurting or how's your mom doing? How's your dad doing? And uh, people just kind of uh, put the siblings grief in a back corner. And that is a very deep uh, life-changing event and very deep grief for them too. And so I think the communication is so important within that immediate family that, yeah, this, the, the merging to, to figure out how to communicate so that you can help each other and not have these kinds of things that so deeply effective in ways they shouldn't be, you know, like, right. You know, Nicholas, your story reminds me of our son, Nicholas. Um, He actually wrote an article for school. He went to a parochial school and he gave a comparison of Nathan's death with Jesus's death on the cross. And he was saying how um, he could relate to Mary's pain, watching her son die on the cross. So we never know how our, um, the grief is going to affect our children. And that, when he wrote that story, I thought he is wise beyond his years. Mm-hmm. But it was pretty amazing that he made that correlation with the two. Yeah, yeah, that is. Wow. Now, sometimes the work zone totally reroutes us. <laughs> I think of getting sent on a detour. And I kind of think of that like the do not enter sign. We need to figure out how to deal with our grief in a, in a better way. And it could be, you know, like we said, a specific event or something that triggers us. Like I said, there are 18 road signs. We only touched on a few of them. So Jill, how can our listeners connect with you and get a copy of all 18 of the signs and what they mean to us on our grief journey? And I hope everybody does this because it's really good. I've got the sheet. It's really good. Sure. So they can reach out to me via email at crossroadscoaching on God's time at gmail.com. Or they can also reach out to me via my website, which is www dot on God's time.net. Okay. And if they email you, just say, I heard you on, on Laura's podcast and I'd like the yes. signs with the, the grief too. So, yep. So that's all you got to do. And she'll be happy to send it out to you. Okay. So Jill, I have one last question here. And I said, I was going to ask this, the holidays are always hard. And for you, you buried your two-year-old son on Thanksgiving day. That just still blows my mind. So since we are now, as this airs, we're in the full swing of the holidays, which can be so brutal. Is there a road sign or two that will help us navigate through this time of year? Yes. So the first one I chose was rough road. I think it's important that we just 
remember that it is going to be a rough time for us. Mm -hmm. And there's just no way around that. And to just remember not to get stuck. Mm -hmm. And over time, remember that these rough roads will get less bumpy, right? Yes. So, and the other one that really spoke to me was the call box, actually. And the reason I chose that is because we need to remember when we're in those rough places, if we need help, we need to remember to reach out to others, reach Mm. out to a support group or to friends and family, because it's very important during the holidays to have that additional support. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes your family isn't going to understand. I I mean, it's just like, okay, this is the second year. (laughs) Come on. They may understand why you're not even going to the family event two or three years in or eight, the eighth year, all of a sudden it hits you hard and you just can't go or, you know, whatever. There's just no rhyme or reason to any of this is there to our grief. There is not. And it's so unique to everybody. it, It just depends on your life experiences. I, I feel Mm-hmm. depending how you dealt with things in the past will kind of also be how you deal with grief going forward. So just yeah. give yourself grace and be patient with the journey. Yes. Yes. So I also think of on the sheet, you have a, like that steep grade sign. <laughs> yes. That's, yeah. Cause it, it's like, you may feel like you've lost control of your emotions. It's kind of interesting now that we're in our motor home <laughs> and we see these signs <laughs> and we, you know, that we, we look at those little runoffs for the semis, you know, it's like, man, yep. we never have to use one of those, but it, it's kind of like, especially during the holidays, our emotions, it, it can feel like they're just accelerating, like we're going downhill and they're snowballing and we're just going to lose control, right? Yes, um, yes. So during that time, it's okay to take a pause. If you can't go to this event, you can't go to this office party, you can't go to, you know, whatever at church, you can't go to church, you know, three times a week or to the midweek service or the candle lighting service or whatever. It doesn't matter. You have to do what you need to do for you in this place of grief. And it means if it means to step back so that you're not going to be triggered constantly, which is really hard. I mean, all the stores, it doesn't matter where you go, it's all around you. And so sometimes it is okay to just curl up in a chair and pull a blanket up and maybe read a book or have a, a coffee by the fire or whatever. I mean, there are times we need to just pull away and rest to be able to make it down the rest of the hill. And uh, yeah. kind of hit the brakes and let our emotions cool down. And yeah, you know. yeah, I agree. Yeah. So you shared how we can get these road signs. So, like I said, I hope everybody does that. We did actually end up talking about quite a few of them. Not all of them. There's a lot more. So, Jill, do you have any last thoughts for us? You know, I would just like to say, as people travel down this grief road, I just pray that these road signs will be a reminder that no matter what road condition or weather you experience on your journey, that you'll be strengthened by navigating your way through them. Just remember to give yourself permission to grieve. Embrace your tears when they surface. It's a gift. It's a gift of time with your child. And to just give yourself grace when you need it most. And my prayer is that God will comfort and strengthen you this holiday season. And I thank you for allowing me to join you. Oh, I'm so glad you did. This this has been really good. So thanks again, Jill. Thank you. Well, I am sure there was quite a bit there in the last two weeks that you could take away from Jill that 
is helpful to you as a perceiver. And I really hope you take advantage of what she has put together with the road signs and how they pertain to our grief journey. So be sure to get a hold of her and get that from her. I want to let you know that we have two different retreats that we're planning for in the spring. One is going to be in the South Carolina, Georgia border area. That one's going to be in March. And then there is one in April that is in Ohio in the Columbus area. And that one is going to be just for moms. So if you want to make sure that you find out when these become available, Make sure that you're on our email list. I send out a weekly word of hope. We don't spam you. We don't give your email address out. It's safe with us. You'll be joining over a thousand other parents who receive this weekly word of hope. And in the weekly word of hope, I always share a resource or what's going on, uh, where we are, those kinds of things. So if you want to start receiving that, just go to gpshope.org slash hope. All we need is your name and email information. That's all we need. And you can start receiving that weekly word of hope from us. Be sure to check out the website for lots of resources, including our library. It has a lot of really good, helpful things that you can download for free. We don't charge to be a part of our members' library. We want you to get this stuff. There is a couple of ebooks in there you can download. There is a PDF with a bunch of verses for hope. If you're needing to build that hope back up in your life, there's a, a sheet with scriptures to fight discouragement. You'll find Dave's chapter from my book, When Tragedy Strikes. His chapter is called The Support Beam. It's all about grace. It's a really good thing for dads to read who have lost a child. In there, you'll find a poem I wrote. It's called Forever, Seven Ideas on How to Handle Difficult Events. There's five areas to focus on for your health. It's just got a lot of things in there. So all you have to do is go to the website and under resources, there's a tab for free members library. Give yourself a password and you are in. You're going to be able to access everything in there. And the website is gpshope.org. Let's go on to this week's birthday segment. Now, first, I need to make a correction from last week. Chase Hairston was born on November 28th and is forever 32. Liam Tripp Nugent was born on November 29th and is forever 21. Ray Lynn Tenbruggenkate was born on November 29th and is forever one year old. Ginny Reddig was born on November 30th and is forever 21. Andreas Claren was born on December 1st and is forever 30. Jesus Ortega was born on December 2nd and is forever 20. Drew Jaggers was born on December 2nd and is forever 19. Angie Matta was born on December 4th and is forever 36. We know how important it is to still celebrate the day our children came into the world, and a lot of people around us don't understand that, do they? So here at GPS Hope, we celebrate with these families the day that these children came into the world. If you would like to have your child's birthday announced the week of his or her birthday, just go to gpshope.org slash birthdays. Fill out that form, submit it, and we will add your son or daughter 
to our list and we will announce his or her birthday that week. Before I close today, Jill and I would like you to think about a favorite road trip you have taken in your past. Which one would you choose? Would it be a trip maybe when you were young that you took with your family and your parents? Was it a road trip with a friend? Maybe it's a road trip where your child was with you. Where did you go? What did you enjoy most about the journey? And what made that trip special for you? Try to remember the emotions you felt and the experiences you had along the way. With our grief, we want to do the same thing. We want to remember and focus on the good times we shared with our child. When we take time to reflect back on these cherished memories, they have the potential to temporarily ease our pain. And it's easy this time of year to look back at those cherished memories. You know, something Jill says is, I have found the more I focused on the good memories, the less negative thoughts I had, as I realized how blessed I was to have Nathan in my life, even though our time together was only two short years. Now, I realize the memories can be painful at first, but as you move toward a greater place of healing, those memories will make you smile. They'll warm your heart, and they will become a treasure to you. Now, I don't usually ask this, but if this podcast has been a help to you, would you please leave a rating and a review wherever it is you listen to it, maybe a comment? The reason is because... It will help other perievers find this same podcast and decide it's worth checking out and they'll start getting the same needed hope and encouragement that you are getting. When you rate it, you leave a comment, you leave a review, whatever platform you're on, it starts, it's called an algorithm and it will say, oh, people like this podcast, we'll boost it up and share it with others who are looking for something like this. So by you leaving a comment, a rating, a review, wherever you're listening to this, by you doing that, it causes it to be shown to more people put in front of them. And so you will be helping out other perievers by doing that. As we head into December, please know that you have my heart and I will be praying for you through this holiday season. I hope to have you join me each Sunday evening live on our Facebook page through the Advent season and we will get through this time together. So hold on, pain eases, there is hope.